coming up on Art Palace. It's very much what you see illustrated in these Durer prints, this kind of old ideal just slowly either breaking apart or being held together by the seams. Welcome to Art Palace, produced by Cincinnati Art Museum. This is your host, Russell Irig. Here at the Art Palace, we meet cool people and then talk to them about art. Today's cool person is artist Joey Versoza. How you doing? I'm doing amazing. Um, is it uh, you know the tran- You know there was a big transition in terms of. Um, work life where I was doing adjuncting at the Art Academy of Cincinnati. Yeah. On top of teaching after school art at Schroeder Padilla. On top of teaching two days a week at Coryville Catholic. <laughs> on top of teaching Saturday classes from <laughs> nine o'clock in the morning till three uh, every Saturday um, for Sheesh. community ed. So I was kind of working six days a week and not making much money, no health insurance. And then, um, oh. I wound up getting this amazing job at the high school I'm at now, for somebody in high school, I'm the art teacher. And uh, we're building up this incredible, fun arts program. I mean, um, we're doing a lot of interesting stuff. Uh, you know, I mean, lessons, like right now for my art wine class, we're learning about um, like the, the Dadaist movement, right? And yeah. um, right as the brink of World War One starts, there's this huge break. Right, uh, with a number of those individuals in terms of thinking, and so we're learning about you know a kind of uh, surface kind of situation about um, Freud's unconscious and about using chance operation, right, and kind of dialing into the unconscious because the conscious decisions of like our aesthetics have been compromised mm-hmm. as they believed, and and then using the unconscious to make these things. So it's just you know to see uh, young students kind of find this kind of spot where they're like asked to make rules. So I have them make up rule, write down a weird rule that they have to do their drawing and they put it in a box and then they all have to draw them. Oh yeah. So, yeah. you know, and you see them and it's just like at first they're just like, paint something red. And you're just like, <laughs> come you know, on. Really, and, you know, yeah. and then later it's just like, take off your shoe and paint with your foot. And it, starts, <laughs> it starts to get crazier yeah, and yeah, crazier yeah. from there. And, and uh, the drawings are incredibly weird, and it's kind of great because they're just like, oh, my God, that looks like like 2012 internet stuff. And I'm like, right. <laughs> you know? and so it, it's like having them make these connections uh, historically and culturally has been a blast. And, like, the energy is incredible. The support system is amazing. It's kind of an amazing place. Yeah. And uh, I feel uh, incredibly lucky. You to be there. You know how to talk to high schoolers. You know. Oh to, yeah. You know how to do that. Oh yeah. That's a talent. They're great. Yes. Yes. They're incredible. No, they're incredible. Um, I think I do. Uh, yeah. 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 Until I'm confronted with them, <laughs> you're just standing there and you're like, oh. And then I realize, like, oh, oh, I'm old and yeah. I don't know what I'm doing with these kids. And then I get the advantage of being able to take my time and and really grow with them, and they grow with me and like. I am interested in what they're interested in. Yeah. So it's like, at the same time, we're kind of exchanging these things. You know, they're like, oh, have you ever listened to this, Mr. V? And I'm like, no. Have you ever listened to this? And they're like, no. (laughs) So we kind of get to exchange all of these things about culture that become incredibly amazing. Like, even with video games, like, there's a whole group of kids. I had, um, my wife bought me, uh, I don't know if you know, it's, uh, they're called, oh, God, what is it, Data Disc? There's like three companies for, in particular. I think it's PlayAsia, Mondo Records, or Mondo Tees, and Datadisc. And they take 16-bit and like 8-bit music from video games, record the kind of program chips, and burn yeah. it on, press it on vinyl. Yeah. So they do these amazing vinyl pressings of like 8-bit, 16-bit, 32-bit uh, video game music and more. And, but I, it, she got me the Streets of Rage 2 soundtrack that Yuzo <laughs> Kishiro did. And I brought it in, and I had one of my students, um, <laughs> shout out to Amari, and Amari was just like, Mr. B, is that Streets of Rage 2? And I was like, <laughs> yes, how do you know this? She's like, I just beat it the other day. And it's like, there's this kind of, um, I don't know what happened. I think it's kind of like the indie game scene, right. perhaps, that's really rejuvenated this idea of looking back at games uh, that originated with that kind of pixelated style, you know? Yeah. So there's this kind of relationship with pixel art, and there's a, I think there's also a relationship with, like, games that 
um, are kind of puzzling, but also games that like require memorization mm. and rhythm, right? To like, yeah. and and that's one of the things I think going back for myself into like retro games. It's like like playing like playing Ninja Gaiden. You know, it's like for the NES. It's kind of amazing because. I don't get it. The only other game I would get it from would be Dark Souls, but it's just like that memorization. You have to go in with a plan. Yeah. But with like Ninja Gaiden, it's just so fast. You're just like, oh, rhythm, hit, there, no, oh. You know, and <laughs> so you get the same results until you change your habit. Yeah. And then you memorize something and you adapt to it. And then like now I think we're presented with games that you adapt to, but then that adapts to you, kind of like with Left 4 Dead, right? With right. the director, it's kind of like, you make an, um, uh, an adjustment, and then like that AI is like, oh, I'm gonna adjust now. Yeah, yeah. And um, I mean, have you, been, have you played any like retro games? Have you gone back to play anything from like our generation, like growing up, um, 16-bit? I've, you know what, like the only things I really go back and play regularly mm -hmm. are like RPGs sometimes. So like playing, yeah. like I'll still like play like chrono trigger every once in a while just because and it's like always like oh this is comforting to me to play chrono trigger totally and that's but that's probably i mean i probably have a few things that you know i downloaded you know for different consoles and stuff a while mm -hmm. back that i would go back and, and play periodically like something comes out and it's like oh this is one of my favorite games like i right. totally like uh uh you know have super good emotional vibes just from playing this totally. thing. But when you're talking about like kids and their connection to pixel art, one of the yeah. things that made me remember was um, when we were doing summer camp here, yeah. uh, a lot of the kids would make these things with like Legos where the Legos would function as pixels. And it's, that's a gr an incredible so crossover. They yeah. would make like f essentially like a flat thing that stands because you know it's still a bl a block. Right. But but they would like make um and actually they would make like I remember a kid who would make like a poop emoji. <laughs> like, right, right. Like a pretty good. I was always yeah. like that's really good. Like he's even got the stink lines. That's really impressive. <laughs> it's like uh, Mo from The Simpsons. He's <laughs> even got the stink <laughs> lines. <laughs> but uh yeah so like they and then but I, a lot of the kids would work that way where they would be making like uh you know, animals or be like a lion or something, but it yeah. was almost like they were thinking in a very like pixelated way. And I thought that was so interesting and not like even what I grew up seeing Legos used as. And oh, I was like, totally. This is like an interesting way of like using Legos. Like yeah. this is really different. No, it's an amazing shift too. And I mean, going back to that idea of connecting, it's kind of amazing too, because we have at our school, we have a thing that's called like family time. So we divide it up and there's like three teachers or whatever and we have like a group of kids and it's nice because it's like a gamut of freshmen sophomores juniors and seniors so it's a big mix right yeah. a big spectrum of of who we're getting in terms of grade levels and uh they spend that whole that time with you you have a bell it's like 45 minutes and we my family in particular meets in the library and it's kind of great because some of the kids will get done and do their homework and they'll go around ask them how their grades are doing pull up their report cards you know to get everything's kept online and we'll look at things and talk about what's going on but then, you know, there's the times where it's just like the kids will just break off. They don't have anything to do. And there's like an avid group that go and then they just watch streams of people playing whatever interesting. And it's, and it's kind of amazing because for us, that would never signify or relate to playing a game. But to them, it is. I mean, that's gaming yeah. to them, you know? And it's that's, like and just it's kind watching of amazing. somebody else playing Just it. watching and looking at method and they're kind of learning from it. Yeah. You know? And it's... Um, it's kind of amazing that it's like a tutorial system at one instance, but it's also entertainment. And I don't know. And it's kind of awesome. That like generation is like, I'm really interested. I think they've already like shown that they have like a totally different concept of like fame. Oh, totally. Like totally. That, the idea of fame. Like, I think it would be hard for us to ever totally shake the idea of like a separation of like somebody being like YouTube famous versus like, Ooh. like movie famous. But I don't necessarily think kids have any um, sort of sense well, of that. It's like when I was telling one student, you know, because I'm friends with Corey from my life in gaming. Yeah, right yeah, yeah. From me. And, uh, you know, I was asking a student who I just kind of bonded with over at, during lunch. He had talked about uh, video games, and I found out that he's actually writing a video game for DOS. Whoa. Like old Sierra, like yeah. video games. Yeah. And, um, and I was like, oh, cool. And he's like, you know, he plays Sonic and stuff. And, and I was asking him, I was like, well, what kind of, you know, because he had said uh, he watches the Sierra stream. So yeah. he sees all these old games being played. And, uh, and I was like, well, what, you know, what other YouTube channels you watch? And he's like, my life in gaming. And I was like, 
Daniel, I'm like, I'm friends with Corey. And it like blew his mind. Yeah. He was just like, what? Yeah. I'm like, yeah, man. And he's like, Mr. No. And I was like, <laughs> as, yeah, as if you had said, like, I'm friends with Tom Hanks. <laughs> coming in and like it was bit you know yeah, it's just yeah, like yeah. it was just the same reaction it was kind yeah. of amazing that's an interesting thing because i think it brings something to a level in which that is doable all you need is a camera yeah i mean it's like and a computer and a presumably computer, right. but yeah i mean but it's like you could you could do that if you wanted to oh it's so much more attainable and and i feel like it's also it's affecting i mean you know things like streaming services like Netflix as well, like where I was watching the um, the documentary series they just released. It's like The Toys That Made Us. Have yeah, you watched that? No, I haven't watched it oh yet, my God. but I've seen it. Is it good? The He-Man episode is, is so good. I mean, the first one is Star Wars, which is really great because yeah. it's all about Kenner and like so much about Cincinnati. Local, right. So like that's really fun just to be like, oh my gosh, it's Cincinnati. Yeah. Um, uh, but the He-Man one is just such like a crazy cast of characters. He's like super sure. weird dudes who like, dream this insane universe up. And like <laughs> the, the just the weirdness of it of it all but at the same time i was like watching it and i was like i really love this but this is like straight up like a youtube like documentary i would watch yeah. too like it it had like sort of gotten to this i guess next level for me yeah. where it's like netflix has you know become like legitimate television um and yeah. their original programming feels like oh yeah well i watch this show and it's just like if i was watching something on hbo or something right. and now it's like the sort of uh, the style of it was very much like a documentary I would watch, like My Life in Gaming or something. Totally. Like, on on YouTube. So it's like, I feel like the it's blurring in both ways too. Like it's, a, it's affecting right. the other media too that's being produced. I find myself, I, I watch more YouTube than we watch anything. Yeah, but there's so much really it's good stuff. so much good content <laughs> on YouTube. And I'm just really, I'm really locked in. Like, yeah. we'll either watch something. There's a really good one of these guys. It was called Worth It. And what they do is they go and it's like they take some of their favorite food. And they're like, okay, we're going to go and have tacos at three extremely different price points. Okay. Dollar twenty-five a taco, $22 a taco, and like... $300 a taco yeah. that's just made out of like caviar and truffles and stuff. Yeah. And they go and they like eat it and they just kind of like talk about it. And it's just beautifully done. It's super fast. has an amazing pace. And they really go into talking about the nuances of what they're doing and what they're tasting and what they're experiencing in terms of texture. But it's never like having to like run into a sommelier who's just like, it tastes like uh, a hint of like freshly opened tennis ball can <laughs> and, uh, you know, Kroger gasoline. You know what I mean? You're just like, well, so it's never at that point. They're just like, whoa, like this tastes like the ocean breeze. Like if you've ever been at the edge of an ocean and you inhale through your nose, you know, and it's like the most concentrated, light, airy sense of the ocean. You're like, yeah. whoa, that's awesome, you know? Um, but there's like content like that. Of course, uh, we watch a lot of travel. Um, okay. So it's like a lot of experiences in other countries we really like want to go visit. Yeah. So it's like right before we went to New Orleans, we watched a bunch of videos on like the restaurants, where to go, yeah. what it looks like, you know, and it helped us like plan an incredible trip within our four days there. Yeah, like, no, that's a that's a great idea. I don't think I've ever done that for travel. Of like looked up stuff. I, to, I I've totally used Instagram for that though. Where that's I really like, great too. Where yeah. I'll like just like look up stuff like and just start looking like, oh, this looks beautiful. Where's this? And then like it's already like geotagged, so you can like figure <laughs> it out. Yeah. Like I've done it while I'm in a location. Like yes. I don't know. Where, let's what do we want to go see? And then you like look around and go like, oh, this looks cool. Let's go there. Well, I remember looking at I don't know if it, oh, I guess it was Facebook. And this is years and years ago, and. An artist got really upset, and I just remember this phrase. They were just like, oh, God, oh, I'm so upset about what the internet has done to the, the art world. And I'm just like, no. I'm like, I'm, I hate what the art world is doing to the internet. You know, it's like, the internet's great. You know, it's like, and, and, and you know what I mean? In terms of, like, imagery and its sense of democracy, are there great, terrible things? That, you know, yes, of course. But it's like it's not determined by this like one particular aesthetic that everybody gets to see or not see or get yeah. promoted or not get promoted. It's just like you just kind of wander. 
and one thing leads you to another. And, you know, I mean, that's how I, like, stumbled on, like, my life in gaming. I was just, like, just searching for stuff. Like Yeah, yeah, you can totally, I mean, going down, like, a YouTube hole oh, as well. It's like, you just do always feel like, oh, my God, there's all this great stuff. Like, oh, yeah. you know, the other day, like, I got... You're actually you were talking about travel stuff, and I just was watching this guy like walk around Disney World. It's awesome, I <laughs> and I was like totally into it. I'm just like because I I adore theme parks, and it's like you're the streaming thing, like of of the kids feeling like they're playing a game through a streaming, yes. watching a stream. It's like yeah. I'm essentially feeling like I'm at Disney World by like watching totally. this person because it was kind of great because he would like even though it was edited to a point, but there's like. Is like literally like walking around, um, you know, pointing out like the pizza restaurant next to like <laughs> it's incredible. Next to, to the, the Beauty and the Beast, <laughs> or You're next like, to like oh. the pan, the new Pandora world. That <laughs> You're and, like, you know, yes, and, and like. And then, like, you would have all these, like, hot tips about, like, okay, now this one you can actually put in an on order uh, online early and pick it up when you're ready, which Whoa. is a really cool new feature. <laughs> That's amazing. Because so, people, man, people who are into Disney, like, oh, yeah. they are obsessed with Disney. Like, to the, make, the park experience. Have oh you been? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. See, I've not, I've never been. I do love it. Like, I know, I, I, I totally want to go. I, there's this incredible illustrator right now. It's at the Art Academy. Their name is Maul. And Maul convinced Emily and I, they were just like, you've got to go. Yeah. You've got to go. Like, yeah. it, it, it cannot be missed. We've gone a couple times and uh, split it. And so we would go like, oh, let's go see this part of Universal. And we'll go see this part of the, like, Harry Potter world. And then we'll also go see this part of Disney. Yeah. And then we came back and we would, like, do the same thing, but with, like, a different Disney park and a different That's Universal amazing. park. But, like, I'm always much more into, even though, like, Universal has, like, great uh, rides. And the, the Harry Potter stuff in, in particular it's worth it. is so good. It's good. It okay. so amazing. Yeah, but bad. Bad. but uh -huh. the Disney Ooh. experience is just, like, it's that attention to detail that See, like yeah. you can't beat. And I'm like real big stickler for that where you yeah. know that like somebody has taken the effort to make sure that like you don't see that like janky warehouse building that the Haunted Mansion is actually in. Right. That you can only see the facade. Just that, uh, yeah. Or like I was looking up stuff online about how uh, the Hollywood Tower of Terror from the, yes. the, uh, the Hollywood Studios part, you can actually see it from Epcot, um, but it yeah. it blends from the back. It's the reason it's that pink color is uh -huh. is that it blends in with Morocco. That and is the amazing. architecture of it from the back, like is wow. built to look like Morocco, it, like a part of this Moroccan so skyline. So it just disappears, and it's literally like you can only see it from like a few points in the park. But they were that worried about like Incredible. that building, like is part of the skyline. So we have to like put it into this part too and make it work in both worlds. It's like when you hear like coders when they're like coding a game and they're like trying to be like, well, I just done everything so they can't get around that spot. Yeah. You know, it's like yeah. you can't break through that. I'm I'm really obsessed with just like line cues and like yeah. that's like some of my favorite parts of like disney stuff is like what it, what's going on in these lines where they're like telling you parts of stories totally. in those lines or you're you're getting all this stuff um and yeah. actually i mean we're, to go back to the, like harry potter stuff there's there is a ride where like i was there at a weird like off season so you could literally just like walk through wow. lines and it was super so fast when is off season um we, we were there when i was there it was maybe like mid-January. Ooh, nice. Because okay. it was basically right after everyone came on Christmas break. Gotcha. Okay. So it's like, you, mi like you missed that crowd. Right. Yeah. So it's like up to probably January, you know, right mm -hmm. after January 1st, you probably got a few weeks maybe where people are still going to extend their vacation. But yeah. I remember be it was probably like right in the middle of January. Mm -hmm. um, and I think you that period is pretty quiet there in general. Yeah. Um, it was actually a ton of Brazilians there because they just started their summer break. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> so like, wow. you know, so we were, it was like us and a ton of Brazilians like just walking around yeah. like Universal. Just getting into any ride you wanted, waiting five yeah, seconds. Totally, you just walk getting on. Getting Pandora pizza whenever you wanted. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but like, yeah, we would actually like, we didn't have to wait in the line at Harry Potter, but you mm -hmm. would like stop because there was so much like entertainment and <laughs> value in it yeah. that you wanted to be like, wait, wait, 
no, I want to slow down and listen to Dumbledore here for a second. <laughs> or then, like, you're in this room, and then, like, Ron and Hermione appear on this, like, balcony above you. And then they, like, cast a spell, and it starts snowing in the room. And it's, like... That is amazing. And this is, like, happening. So you're, like, I want to just stand in line like they were, imagine eight, like, 80 imaginary people in line. You said to take your time <laughs> and, like, walk. Yeah, and there's just, like, so much detail, because they're, like, we're in the Defense Against the Dark Arts classroom right now, and there's, like, all these great, like weird like animal skeletons and oh. stuff and it's just like totally totally up my alley where God, like i want amazing. to be transported to yes. fictional worlds i mean again it's like it's why we like video games right it's oh like, of course totally i mean to be like transported right and that's one of the things too is i think there's something interesting that happens with video games right there's something there in between that's active but also simultaneously passive yeah and i think that provides something it's like when we watch a movie i mean it's we're not interacting we're not manipulating anything where there's that distance that art has right that right. it's this thing on the wall we have this distance we understand it and then we you know cerebral kind of thing relationship but like video games is something different and i always think about um gosh darn it who was it what uh film critic was it uh chicago i'm uh, very famous and <laughs> siskel or ebert i think it was ebert okay and <laughs> and you know, and he said, and a lot of people get mad about it, but he's like, video games oh. aren't art. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that I was, was like, Ebert, definitely. That's, that's fair. That's fine. It's like, it doesn't have to be. It's its own thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, we can understand that. Like, it is something new that, like, we get to interact with in this way, but we also are simultaneously passively watching. Yeah. Well, it's a super weird thing, too, because, like, I remember, you know, these the hot burning questions of what, like, 2008, like, when oh, sure. was going down. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, I kind of can see both sides of it because on one hand, I'm like, well, yeah, it's also, it's like, it is not out. It, it's not like it comes out of this tradition as we're right. sitting here. We're no. sitting in a room full of Durer prints, and it's not right. like somebody ever started, um, you know, at this point and moved through that history and got to video games. That's like, exactly right. It came yeah. out of you know, its own world, really. I mean, it's kind of like yeah. just somebody's like, hey, we can do this thing. Yeah. And I, I feel like video games should be a part of the arts as we see it. With <laughs> right. Like, but, you know, it's not a part necessarily of the visual art right. world. And, right. or, but then again, it's like it's so weird because, like, I don't know, maybe one day it could be. Like, right. Well, it's like knows? some of the it most could... breathtaking landscapes. It's like Emily is playing oh, yeah. Horizon, Zero Dawn, and it is so remarkably beautiful. And we'll just stop. We're like, that sunset in the snow is just unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. You know? I mean, it's like absolutely gorgeous. Or like I, um, I'm always really interested in, um, sort of the objects and like furniture and stuff that's created and, for those things. And the soul series for me and specifically, I don't know about you, but bloodborne was where I feel like oh, there yeah. was this particular refinement in terms of the Gothic, like, and that was just a period in which, for me, like dialing into the object, the medieval aspect of like the Soul series, but right? There was something about Bloodborne in particular about this kind of gothic like sensibility, neo gothic, neo gothic, like, yes. yeah, sort of like Victorian era. There you go, right? Yeah, right, right, right. yeah, because it it's it's oh. yeah, oh, it's so good, and it's, it's like, like it's based in like a you know it's sort of realistic in some ways. I mean, you could look at like some of like the art car furniture here that was made, you know, in Cincinnati totally. in the 1800s right. that looks really similar. Like yeah. that bed downstairs, it's like that crazy vaulted oh, ice. Oh, it's incredible. You know, canopy yeah. and stuff. It's really, it's really similar to that stuff, but then they've taken it and like made it like over the top crazy exactly. where it's like you look out of the skyline and it's a million spires and stuff. Totally. Well, it becomes like Gaudi, you know what I yeah. mean? It's like, but, but then at the same time, I'm like, there's a point like where in my, you know, my neighborhood downtown mm -hmm. where I can stand and I can see the spires of like, uh, of city hall. Yeah. Uh, wise temple. Right. And, and the church nearby. And, and it feels it like that looks like blood. It does. And I'm just kind of amazing <laughs> when you look at some of these Dura prints, especially the ones in which there is figures and, but they're also in a larger space that there's so much about, uh, rubble, Right, you're seeing yeah. these kind of kingdoms fallen, and like right here, like, and that's the sensibility that I got. Where it really struck me was looking at night, death, and the devil. Yeah, it's yeah, that, yeah, yeah. That kingdom that just on this built on that hill, right? And it's so much about proximity and distance. And you look, you can look at a ton of these. Yeah. And there's always this distance. Yeah. Right. And it's like the interiors, not so much, but it's when you get. Those spaces where everything's out there. I know there's a bunch of Madonna and Child. 
And it's just this incredible where they're just like sitting on a pile of like like a, a fallen wall. Yeah. And she's sitting there, you know, and she has like keys. Uh, yeah. You know, and I, I think it's that one right over there on this green wall. It's yeah. like you could see her, the one on the very end on the left. And she has like keys just dangling here. And then this kingdom that's been just like in rubble. Yeah, I was noticing the weird like kind of decay of of the worlds yes. and these as well. And and when you were kind of brought it up as like relationship to sort of the soul series of video games, maybe we have we have done a very bad job of like actually explaining to Sorry. a person yes. who has never played yes. like a video game what yeah. we're talking about in that way. But basically, there's a series of of video games that. Um, take place in, most of them are in sort of a medieval yes. kind of fantasy world, right. um, medieval inspired, um, but we should say they are also like um, developed in Japan. Right. So they've always kind of got this really interesting mix of like medieval European influence mixed with like J Japanese ideas and right. aesthetics and they're just really fascinating. Yeah. And, um, and, but most of this world that they exist in has just totally gone to pot. <laughs> right? Yeah, I like, mean, it is just, yeah, it's like kind of holding on by the seams, yeah. you know, and it's very much what you see kind of illustrated in these Durer prints in a way is that this kind of old ideal just slowly either breaking apart or being held together by the seams. And, you know, with the Dark Souls games, that's what's kind of incredible uh, for anybody that, whatever even just if you listening to it and you haven't seen just look it up on youtube um and there's a guy what's vati vidya oh yeah, he does yeah, those yeah, yeah. incredible stories and kind of elaborates on the narratives and i think he lends a lot to it that could also be lent to some of this in terms of looking yeah. at sim symbolism and, and he has like the most beautiful voice the most too. beautiful voice in the <laughs> His, world I, yeah, the series he'd started uh, that it, like i first saw were called like prepare to cry prepare to cry yeah. instead of like prepare to die but yeah. like yeah so but he's he's a sort of soft british voice yes. it's so 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 gentle and yes. he's oh my god yes. he's amazing but uh yeah the when you're like also just looking at where still this night death and the devil print yeah. that is i do feel like this is the most like soulsy of the, of the lot. i kind of took a you you sent me this in a in a text and you were like let's talk about this and i was like oh my god you're dead on right and i walked around and was like is there anything better and i was like nope nah, this is totally this is the so best one good and um but it's also like the the idea of like daunting challenge Oh, completely. Right? It's like, at the road. Yeah. It's like know? constantly stabbing off like challenge met, you know, at from foot to head, you know, it's yeah. like, yeah, there are kind of these perils and uh, some like detritus of things gone awry. Yeah. It's and so chock full of detail, too. It really like, is. And it's interesting because when you made that relationship between how Dark Souls operates with kind of in terms of its environment, being heavily inspired by what we understand as Western kind of um, gothic and medieval right. kind of tradition. And that I feel like Hayao Miyazaki, the animator, right, mm -hmm. the animator filmmaker, does the same thing. When you look at some of those, uh, uh, and, unless you go with something incredibly traditional like Princess Mononoke, but if you look at like Kiki's Delivery Service, or they're based in these villages that look so what we romantically think of as like that's yeah. where you do you're like in switzerland you know yeah totally and it's and it's incredible and i feel like uh and i i forget his first name and it's not the same person but miyazaki who directs right. and creates the yeah. dark souls series games um has that same sensibility and i always found that incredibly interesting that it's like through this lens it kind of gets pressurized you know and that the narrative world in this kind of on, object ontological kind of way, like the narrative world is only understood by the player through your understanding of like what is written about the random objects you find in the <laughs> right, game. Right, yeah. And then you start to put together the puzzles, you know, of this kind of incredible, uh, slightly dystopic uh, narrative. Yeah. Yeah. Gosh, I, I just also like, like as character design, these also, this like death and devil back there. Incredible. I mean, it would, has that level of imagination totally that Miyazaki like, has. Totally like super weird, like. Who's that last lord that's not the last, but it's one of the lords of Dark Souls 3 when you're down in like the dungeon and it's just him and he's a huge skeleton wearing a crown and he just keeps like grabbing at you. I even played it. 
You haven't played Dark Souls 3? No, I haven't played oh it yet. Oh my gosh. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm going to buy you Dark Souls 3. And you <laughs> so th- it looks like one of those bosses. And then this, I mean, is just could easily be something from that series. Like oh, death yeah. and the devil both look. Especially the weirdness of the one horn. That's, yeah, it's this like, asymmetry, like. That's so weird. Like, I mean, I guess it's maybe supposed to be like right out the back of the middle, but it's just oh, sort of something. But it reads to the side, though. Yeah, yeah. it sort of it's it somehow defies, and maybe maybe it was more common, you know, in the in the Renaissance of of maybe this was probably a more common representation of the devil. But just having that one big horn yeah. at the back of his head is so weird, and it kind of looks like Ganon. <laughs> <laughs> That's also true. Yeah, it's from Zelda. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's the distance in that kingdom. Yeah, that is just so pronounced to me that that proximity in space and even the look of the night, yeah. you know, this kind of sense of tenacity and grit. Yeah, like it's it's just incredible. Like I just couldn't believe uh, when, like I said, Sally, like my mother pointed to this, and instantly I was just like, oh man, yeah, this is so dark. Well, you know, that that distant kingdom that you're pointing at, it's such a, like, that's used a lot in video games, I feel like, yeah. too, as, like, the thing that kind of pulls you forward. Yeah, it's, and yeah. You have that, like, it, it really, I would say, especially well-designed video games, use that as, like, it's like the carrot on the stick of, of the, is. like, you see the tower off in the distance yeah. and you want to go there. Totally. You know? It's true. So, so like, that's exactly, it, it has this... Uh, this little teaser for you, like you, you want to go explore this this world too. And then death, just holding the hourglass. I mean, just the traditional symbols and signs that we see. Yeah, you I know? love all the snakes. Like the snakes coming up. out. Oh my yeah. god, it's absolutely beautiful. Yeah, there's something. Yeah, when you were pointing, we were talking about the like. There's a another print in here, kind of around the corner. I think that mm-hmm. also it's just like. It re- makes me think of some of the like villages in Bloodborne. That's just like yes, I know which like, one you're talking about. We're just like all the like the there's like boards missing yeah. on the roofs and stuff, and yes. you're just like, Ugh. and that's yeah. I mean, that's what's kind of incredible is that I think a whole kind of paper <laughs> could be written just on like the state of the surrounding villages in the Durer Prince. Like the interiors, like a lot of the Saint Jerome interiors are, well, except for this one, of course. It's kind of, I turn to my right, and he's kind <laughs> of like, and this, this building is seemingly kind of fallen around him. Uh, but that's interesting, like, that it, we're noticing, like, the interiors always seem a little more put together than yes. the exteriors. Right. Like, it's like right. this sort of idea of the world around you is, like, in disrepair, maybe. Totally. That, like, the world out, the, out there is, like, a kind of scary place. And this one of Melancholia is unbelievable it's one of the faces i feel like that a lot of his men have uh a lot of distinct faces but his women have very generic faces yeah um but this one for melancholia look at that yeah it is just so incredibly unique particular that stare it's just one of the most striking to me that i just it's super yeah super expressive look at the keys oh yeah those keys, that is such a video and game thing. It <laughs> is. No, it's incredible. It's like keys again, uh, ladder, right? I mean, there yeah. are so many things put in place. There's this tradition of signs and symbols that seem to carry over. So it's not yeah. necessarily that video games, like you said, which is very smart, and it didn't come out of this tradition of how, you know, uh, painters as we know, historically, or artists, sculptors, whatever, right. come out of this kind of lineage of looking at something and then moving it forward. It's that it had the ability to how it was kind of born and later developed its kind of nuance and narrative and storytelling and and the way in in kind of playability and approach and that it had the ability to just kind of go in and like take a couple of things from, from art and from film and from, you know, books. It's like I think about like Castlevania. It's like all of those Victorian monsters just like in like one game yeah you know and it's like kind of amazing but you know i'm just now i'm thinking too one of the things that i love about and maybe a connection again i make between video games and art and Mm -hmm. and one of the things that um a lot of um why am i blinking valve 
Oh, uh, a yeah. A lot of Valve. Very like, They started putting um, audio commentary tracks in their games. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I learned from that that was really fascinating to me was how much you know, and it seems obvious, but how much time and effort they put into thinking about how to direct you, the, you know, the player. It's or incredible. The viewer will say for the art, you know, for an artist. But like, it's it's about making you feel almost like you're making choices that you're not really making. And, but yeah. And it's like, okay, so we kind of learned that people will go to the brightest spot. Yeah. So we just, if we need somebody to go somewhere, we just put a light there and you, if people will always go there and then like, you know, we wanted people to make sure they were watching this sort of uh, thing that's happening at this particular moment. So we had to kind of put this barrier here to keep them from going any further, even though they can block, they can totally go over this, but they won't until we found like until this thing ends. And so there's just something about that, like that I, I actually think I love those moments where, you know, I'm, I love to be manipulated like that, as you know, and, <laughs> totally. and, and I think something I, I don't know if I've said this before in the show, but people, I think a lot of um, the idea of art making um, and I'm, I'm, I'm guessing maybe some of your high school students have this idea mm-hmm. is that you like you're feeling really depressed. So you like go grab a piece of paper and you just let all that depression out of you. And all on right. the paper is pure record of depression and then the viewer will look at it and they will feel very depressed and like right but the the actual reality of the situation is like that usually doesn't work no i mean it might you might get lucky but like more often it's like the artist has like figured out how to make you feel sad by arranging things on a page in the right way. In the right way, right. And no, like, totally, it's just composition, it, yeah. Yeah, and so it's like, that's actually where they have like the similarity of like, they're, they are actually very directed experiences whether you think about them or not. And so totally. it's like, you know, it's like Durr knows, he wants us to notice these certain things in this particular order and to pick up totally. on these things and, and like how these things are supporting each other yeah. in this world. And so I don't know, it's, 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 it's a part of artistry of video games that I, I don't think a lot of people probably consider is that that way you're being played with. <laughs> yeah, no, no. And composition and leading you. I mean, those are traditional tools, you know? Yeah. yeah. And it's like, we know for the students there, we were learning a lot about um, that shift from kind of the Italian Renaissance and the kind of beginnings of the Baroque, right? Mm-hmm. Because we were talking about the Protestant Reformation um, and one of the key ways where you're talking about that idea of moving around and it's the tenebrism, right, Nakiroskuro used in Caravaggio, you know, I'd have the students, we'd put up something, you know, something even as simple as like David with uh, David and Goliath, you know, right, it's the right. one where David's holding the knife and Goliath's head, he's holding it and is decapitated and he's holding it in the bottom left-hand corner of the painting, or do- bottom, our bottom right-hand corner of the painting. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I always tell the students to squint their eyes to eliminate that kind of peripheral glow so they can like really see that instead of paying to that beautiful attention of how, you know, Caravaggio rendered the shadow of <laughs> David's right shoulder, how it emerges out of the light as you move yeah. to the left. But it's like one of those things where it's like if having them squint their eyes and then this point to the three things that Caravaggio wants us to see. Yeah. You know, and they're just like head, sword, David's face. You know, and it's just like boom, boom, boom. You're yeah. like, perfect, there you go. Yeah, because so, of just the light again. That's like, it. It's just the use of light. Yeah, it's right? just like, yeah, it's 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 the it's one of the biggest tricks in the book is just no, like it totally yeah, is. how to use light to like make and you know we can you can even from this distance, I'm doing it. Oh here, yeah, and it's like it's first. It's really the night and yep. night and death. death actually, right? Exactly. It's, it's interesting because the devil kind of in the horse, and then the devil actually is sort of he, yeah. a little bit secondary. He like is. you don't he you kind of come to him later, actually. But even like when you look at the title, that's like night death. You know, yeah, it's like you do. Yeah, you go yeah. in that order in a weird way. Yeah, um, and then you get to that castle in the background last, almost because it's like uh, that's the thing we're getting to as well. Oh, totally. So it's even and got a really little narrative, a sense of distance. You know. Yeah. It's kind of amazing. Have you ever watched? There's a beautiful video, and if anybody who's listening would be interested in watching this on YouTube, and I think you just basically search um, Miyamoto uh, explaining the design of Super Mario Brothers. Okay. And it's kind of genius because when you play through it, you're like. I can't believe in the first two seconds I'm told just by my sheer curiosity of how to play this game. Yeah. You're just like, there are no instructions. You're just like, I jump on those 
and I can get on here, and then like from there, it's up to you to play with those tools. Yeah, and uh, yeah, because it's like your first obstacle, you you jump you over a pipe. Yeah, you have to jump over a pipe, yeah. or you can't go any further. <laughs> right, so you're it's just like, stuck. Yeah. And then there's isn't there like a brick place that you kind of have to you hit? have to hit it. Yes, yeah, you so have you, to hit it to go to like the bigger pipe. Yeah. yeah, so you learn like, oh, if I hit this, yeah, like stuff comes out. Yeah, it's so, so brilliant. Like yeah. that construction. It's that same thing. That planning of like. But dealing with like the physics and the way the game plays and yeah. you know, I feel like there are things like well, I just you know, I guess there is the tutorial in Dark Souls where they're like swing. Or you know, you have to read the the messages on the ground. That's right. Yeah. So you can skip them if you wanted. Yeah. And just start kind of going at it. But Yeah. But they're helpful. Yeah. No, it's true. <laughs> there's there's yeah, I mean, but so much of it like, yeah, I mean, once you get the basic mechanics of the game down with like, okay, these are the buttons I touch to make the things happen, then there are so much things that are just taught to you by experience and yeah. like trial and error basically and going, Oh, okay, well I and, and you you'll start to realize like, especially if you play um like I've gone back and, you know, we'll replay a game and you'll realize like Oh, those guys were there to teach me that. Yeah, you know, originally they were actually hard to me, and now I realize like, oh, they're just there just to like they're not yeah. they're not actually any challenge to them. They're just there to basically teach me a lesson about something, and you kind of start to realize what those lessons are being taught to you. Oh, totally. No, exactly right. I mean, that's what's kind of incredible about with Dark Souls being that Major topic. I mean, it, it, it's it's kind of funny, it, and I know that might seem annoying for people who have never played it, but <laughs> it's it's kind of amazing because there are a couple of people, you know, like major developers, and when they get together, they're just like, listen, when we get into a discussion, our discussion winds up being about Dark Souls. Yeah. Because yeah. it's just one of those games that it, it just literally ensnares you uh, in terms of the depth of the gameplay the realization of the space around you, its physics, um, just the entire universe. And then the weird narrative that slowly kind of begins to uh, reveal itself but never have a resolution. Yeah. And well, and that's the other thing too. I think that like as as we talk about like games sort of as an art form and and, mm -hmm. and how they, I don't know, try to it's 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 a thing that I feel like that you know it's a relatively new medium very much still so. and so it's sort of mm -hmm. interesting to see them try to find their the their, it's like people are still discovering the ways to do it yeah. and so there are um, a lot of games where the goal is almost to imitate a movie or imitate Hollywood right, right. and it's like I'm finding myself having a harder and harder time getting into that like it, Uncharted like, do you feel like does that a little bit Uncharted does that and I I feel like for the most part I can deal with it in Uncharted because they're pretty good at keeping the action running yeah. when it doesn't work like actually um, another uh, game from the same studio um, The Last of Us yeah. I feel is like not as successful I agree and, uh, and, and when it came out I feel like people adored this game yeah yeah but I feel like it's not as successful because it constantly kills you yeah <laughs> and and so you actually when you have a game that is uh, has to have that kind of movie pacing it kind of has to be sort of easy um, because you can't if you die constantly it's yeah. sort of stopping the the momentum of this drama that they're building right. and this sort of like feeling of like action so when that game works really well it's when you feel like you're in charge of everything and in but you're kind of really not like and right. that's actually when it's working the best um, but, uh, yeah, like, those sort of, you know, when it, all of a sudden something stops to sort of act out a scene and stuff, it's a little bit, like, it's always a little clunky still in, in video yeah. games, whereas that's what's uh, so amazing about the Soul series is that they've sort of, like, figured out how to just give you just enough of oh, that to be intriguing. Just, just enough. But not to wear you out either. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, it's <laughs> totally true, and that's the thing, I think, in any good art, you know, that I'm interested in interested in engaging with and spending time with is that nothing is given to you immediately yeah not everything is given to you immediately and it's just like keeps you there and allows you what i kind of conceptualize is trying to always communicate to students as being this space that allows you in that acknowledges yeah. its yeah. audience as no understanding that once this thing is public it's no longer just mine mm -hmm. or the created it's everybody's and yeah. we get to 
kind of have that experience with it. And, you know, going back, because when you mentioned that about um, Valve, there's this incredible series called Half-Life. Yeah. Um, Half-Life 3 is coming, man. <laughs> um, <laughs> one day, one day. Um, in Half-Life 2, there was this great thing, and I think you and I were talking about it, of how wonderful that feels to play that game because it seems like and it's once again that trick it seems like an open world game but it is extremely yeah. not i mean but you I re- feel like you're making these yeah. choices like i'm gonna go down this way and yeah. it's like something made you go down that way yeah no i mean i remember playing half-life 2 for the first time yeah. and, and you you know really early in the game you go out into this <laughs> town square <laughs> and you feel like it's a huge world oh it's huge and i mean it, walk into any building yeah. and and i in my memory of it especially like the first time i played it, I feel like I was just doing what I wanted to Same. do. Same. And yeah. but I went exactly where they wanted they me to go. Again. And then if you like go in and you try to like really like poke around, you won't be able yeah. to go anywhere you're yeah. not allowed to go. And you realize it's not actually as big as it looks, but it's like they've yeah. done such a good job at tricking you. Well, it's like the Disney World thing. I mean, you know, they painted totally the backside of it pink, World. so it looks like Morocco, you know? It's, and it's totally like, true. They're, it's incredible. They're it's exactly the Disney masterful World. Masterful at that. And I just always just laugh. I just love that one scene from Half-Life 2 when you first get in and there's the one guard there and he likes that can. He's like, pick that up. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And you like go to pick it up and if you don't, he like hits you. you know? Yeah, that's he right. He throws Make that you... can at your feet and he's like, pick that up. Makes you pick up garbage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It just like forces you to. Because he's got like a giant gun with him and you're just like, oh man, this place is the worst. I know. Yeah. yeah. But it's like such a great little storytelling way of, of communicating, um, you know, what this world is about. Like it's oh, oppressive. Totally. You oh, know? Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. You get that really quickly. Like, yeah. oh, this is an oppressive, terrible yeah. place. I do not want to yeah, be. You're here. in a random building and this security guard just threw trash at you and told <laughs> you to pick it up. <laughs> you're just like, man, if it's bad here, it's like bad. It's worse somewhere else. <laughs> this is pretty terrible. And it's just like the idea too. Um, what was it? That's that same room where you walk around and you get access to that building. And there's that terrifying moment where you like see through the window of that door. Do you remember this? And you like go to look in and that guard looks at you and then boom, shuts the thing. And yes. you're just like, I, mean, I just remember like my just stomach dropping. I was just like, oh God. Yeah. Cause it's like, you're just like something very bad is happening something behind that door. Something horrible is going to yes. happen to that person. Oh my gosh. I forgot about that. But yeah, that is tor- oh. Oh, it's so, yeah. I mean, it's like cringe. Like you, I just remember just sitting there like, oh boy. You brought up Uncharted a second yeah. ago, and one thing actually, I, I remember actually telling one of our curators about here because I was so fascinated. Though is like the weird menus of just like decorative arts objects, basically. It's incredible! Oh my gosh, it's amazing! <laughs> so you're like, as you're going through this world, you'll find treasures, and then yeah. you can like access these treasures from a map, and literally all you can do is just like look at them and turn them around. Yeah. But it's like sort of amazing because somebody's put all this effort into like rendering this like. Oh, a, a jade elephant or some, yeah. some sort of weird little knickknack or, or something that has, you know, kind of historical significance. And, right. and even just like the world as I was walking around, like I was uh, in Uncharted 4, I was, mm-hmm. you know, creeping around an old mansion, uh, yeah. you know, uh, owned by like actually probably an old curator or yeah. something. And, <laughs> and uh, there, I was like walking through, I was like, oh, that's like an Amarna period uh, Egyptian vase. Like, it's, it's am- and that it's like specific. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, oh, that's a Wedgwood vase. Yeah, you know, like, it's just like stuff like you're just like, ah, uh, this is unbelievable. Yeah, so it's just like crazy like how much effort was put into making these little like uh, things that uh, just kind of populate a world and are meant to be sort of ignored for the most yeah. part. But then that also brings up my other biggest pet peeve about video games uh-huh. is I feel like I have yet to play a video game where there are no paintings repeated. I agree. Yeah, like, no, it's that true. Doesn't drive you crazy? Yeah, 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 it does. It's crazy. I've never played yeah. a game. I, I I, feel like there was one I was playing recently, and I thought that I was going to come close, and then I was like, nope, there's a... There's, there's, there it is. There's, there's the same one. Yeah. And uh, actually, I was talking about Last of Us. I remember there's a, a place, and it made me so mad because I could literally be in the same location and oh, see the gosh. same painting two times like yeah. in the same spot. And I was like... That is like the ultimate. Yeah, it's like rule. come on. Oh yeah. no, you Does can't. It, ha- yeah. At least put it down the hall. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Separate it a little bit. But it was like it was that one was really frustrating for me because they were like based uh, on like real paintings too. So I was yeah, like, I would of course remember when I saw you know this painting that's 
supposed to be a you know Paul Revere or whatever. Right. Like you know, you're just like, oh well, this is a famous painting. I remember this. Yeah. Like you're not gonna like forget it. And then to see it like multiple times in a supposed museum, you're like, well, I don't think they would. You know, they <laughs> have like four or five copies yeah. on view. <laughs> like <laughs> Bert copied it and put it over just just in case the other one got ruined. We just need a backup. Just so, uh, oh, just drives me crazy. No, totally. Have you ever? I know it's gonna sound weird, and it's not that it's real paintings, but were there repeats in Luigi's mansion? <laughs> the first thing I thought of was some paintings of the oh people in Luigi's mansion. I think because you can collect them and you open your own gallery. I don't think there are any repeats of it. There probably you aren't. See. That would be actually that's true. That would probably be a very Nintendo thing to it do is. to yeah, like is that make sure. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Making sure they pay attention to little things like that because they yeah. have that type of. I don't know. I mean, they just have that type of uh, uh, of uh, aesthetic or something. I don't know, not aesthetic, but they just that sensibility of like sensibility. it's actually. I mean, Nintendo and Disney are really similar in that way Very of close. like yeah. you know, there's there's that definite like w putting out the most like polished product they can yeah. possibly do, yeah. and like we understanding like that their name is sort of synonymous with a certain sort of quality that right. you know if if something gets out there that is not up to snuff like yeah. it is seen as like the most damaging thing to them yeah but um yeah that also reminded me when you're talking about collecting paintings too and and related to this show is like in assassin's creed 2 i was, was like, about ready to be up <laughs> one yeah, of no, my it's favorite incredible. things was collecting art it's incredible and then i would go into my villa <laughs> yeah and, and you just hang, hang it up in your <laughs> palazzo and you're like <laughs> I, well, you know, it's funny because we were in New Orleans and we went to the NOMA, right? The uh -huh. New Orleans Museum of Art. And we were up on the second floor. It's a small, incredible museum, incredible collection. Like their collection of like Dutch painting is, it's so good. Yeah. And, um, but we were up on the second floor and it's kind of a little balcony that kind of circles around um, in that kind of main little like entrance or like main area. Um, and I looked over, and you know, at each kind of like point, there's like this kind of rhythm of like pedestal and like marble bust of of a, of a person, right? And I like looked over at Emily, and I was like, "This is kind of like Ezio's palazzo." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Like if we went in that door, that's like the map map room where yeah, Uncle yeah. What's his name is sitting in there, like <laughs> waxing philosophical on how we should prepare the village for war." And <laughs> but I mean, like, yeah, it's like it's totally like I was in Rome, and I totally couldn't stop thinking about Assassin's Creed uh, Brotherhood or yeah, whatever, yeah, yeah. whichever one takes place in Rome. And I would yeah. just, and occasionally I would like, we would be trying to find our way around and I'd be like, well, I'm pretty sure the Colosseum's down that way because I kind of remembered, I'm like, let's see. I mean, if we're at the Circus Maximus, the Colosseum should be roughly yeah, over here. If we here. scale this wall. <laughs> I know. There's probably some old aqueducts we can climb over here. Yeah, yeah. We'll get over there. It's it's yeah. it's really, it's quite and fast. Just, okay, just watch out. There's going to be a lot of guards on these roofs. Yeah, yeah. They're going to get but very I'm sure, mad at you. I'm sure there's a wagon filled with hay that we can jump, <laughs> we can jump into jump for into. safety. Right, we'll be fine. <laughs> just hide and like just random. <laughs> we'll be fine. That's how we got around Rome. Just yeah, run, exactly. running on rooftops and jumping into hay. It's and, fine. Uh, yeah. It's a good old time. But and and like I remember uh so much of like I don't know. I don't feel too too guilty of this because I think people have been doing this for years of like oh, you probably do the same thing of like no, no, no. <laughs> it's not gonna be like that bad. But just like probably people have experienced life through art in other ways where you go like, oh my God, this is beautiful. It's like a painting, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's yeah. like, I remember being like camping or something and we would be like, oh my God, these woods are beautiful. It's like Shadow of, a, of the Colossus. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, it's true. We're like, and I mean, I have the, no, we have those moments too and it's kind of vice versa and that's what makes, I think, some of that uh, relationship with video games uh, in the surrounding area, like especially landscape, it's just, it's so poignant and so clear to me when there's a relationship there. Yeah. I mean, yeah. even like when I'm playing like Breath of the Wild, you know, or I'm playing Zelda, whatever. And I, I'll see something and it is, I mean, it has that feeling. Yeah. You know, because it is, it's really actually, and that, once again, that kind of weird position between being active and being passive, it kind of spins everything in a weird way. Uh, because you're interacting with it actively, but you're also watching it passively, that it starts on certain synapses. Like, I, it, it's, it's a feeling. 
Like, I remember being there, and it's not just visually. It's like, this, you know, because most of my remarks will be like, this feels like, this feels like, you know, Uncharted. Right. Or this feels like, you know, uh, Dark Souls. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. I mean, and, and something as we're talking about, like kind of a, a connection with landscape painting, I think mm-hmm. it's like important to also real remember that, you know, the other thing about m- the vast majority of landscape paintings that, ex- I mean, at least from a, in art history, yeah. are like kind of totally constructed realities too. Completely. Like, well, looking at until, like the Barbizon painters, I mean, well, that's actually the beginning of where people start sort of saying like, no, no, we're going to actually look at this look stuff, at stuff and actually yeah. kind of try to like at least go out, make some sketches, and try to imitate reality the best but, we can. But before that, it's like you know, you're looking at well. This tree over here was probably over there, and you know this waterfall wasn't there at all. Right? And they, you know, you go out and you you sketch a few things, and then you you know go back. I mean, especially when people are not painting in nature at all, that like sure. those landscapes tend to be complete constructs or at least manipulations of mm-hmm. of of reality. So it's like it's it's like there's a reason when we look at a video game, it's like yeah the this feels kind of like a painted landscape. It's like, totally. because most painted landscapes are about as fanciful as, yeah, as yeah, Skyrim, yeah. No, totally. you know? Totally. No, that's totally true. Like they're just as sort of imagined and, you know, it's like why it's, it's, it's hard to take a picture of, you know, the Matterhorn or whatever that's ever going to look quite as nice of as, course. as a painting because yeah, yeah, yeah. like you can, um, I actually remember doing this, like trying to find a, a shot of, um, I think it was of the Matterhorn from some like romantic <laughs> yeah. painting that I was looking at. And like, you realize like when you looked at it, like, oh yeah, like all these trees around it, if you were at this exact vantage point would be like a lot bigger. So it would make the mountain look a lot smaller. Right. And so like everything's been kind of adjusted to make this mountain the most like immense yeah, and yeah, the yeah. most beautiful and the most amazing that it could possibly be. Yeah. So. Yeah, once again, it's painting the back of the sign pink, you know. Right, right. Same, yeah, it's like. It's that same thing about how do we. How do we arrange space in a way that kind of uh, somehow adjusts or curate in our, uh, the proximity of everything to heighten yeah. and direct right yeah. uh, an experience? And uh, no, it's it's incredible. I'm I'm really excited to see what the future has to hold um, in terms of video games and, and in terms of art. I mean, if there's a relationship, <laughs> more cool. so video games. I know, but I think it was pretty clear what you're more excited more about. More so video games. Uh, <laughs> Um, but no, I've been trying to like write this uh, book on the experience of playing video games and trying to like, not really trying to elevate it to anything bigger than, you know, I don't know. I'm not trying to do that weird trick to it, but I'm just trying to write from a standpoint of considering it through my experience. And it's been really interesting mm-hmm. uh, so far. And um, the only point that I could feel like coming out of, we're going to go to Japan in the summer and I want to try to set up doing some interviews with people. And I'm hoping to get the backing of this foundation that'll make it a little more legitimized oh, cool. where I can get in and actually have these conversations. And um, it, would be, uh, it would be interesting to get a firsthand experience of talking to some of these developers uh, who have been in the business and ask them those questions about what was the inspiration, what kind of took them to this place. But I also want to set up some kind of because I have I've been collecting and repairing a lot of like retro consoles. So yeah. A lot of things that were just kind of so I've got like thirty nine consoles now. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's just ridiculous. <laughs> but I want to share it and I want to set up um some kind of like uh research lab or okay. PlayStation where it's like people get to experience these things and you know, whatever. Like look at the kind of history throughout essentially a video developed. game museum. A video game museum essentially. <laughs> right, 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 right. Um and uh, I don't know. I mean, that's kind of where it's gone so far. But I'm also like making these weird objects that out of paper mache and like tempera paint that are objects that are typically used to help um, address like video quality. So okay. I'm like, I've made like RCA cables out of paper mache, <laughs> <laughs> uh, little speakers, um, uh-huh. video game cases. <laughs> got a Streets of Rage 2 video game case that sits on the floor. Um, weird adapters that just look like these little black minimalist objects, but it's like for like these weird like European like like cables, like yeah. kind of SCART cable and like HDMI <laughs> ports and like it's just yeah. They're just super weird. Yeah. Um, 
So all of that kind of in collaborate, like so all those things have been swimming around in a weird way. Well, thank you, Joey. Oh, I, thank you, Russell. I think we're we're probably uh, gonna get kicked out soon. So. Oh yeah, we've really <laughs> done it. <laughs> a pleasure, though, man. I, yeah. I know it's something that you share excitement about, as well as being a wonderful artist yourself. And uh, I was glad to spend. Yeah, the time. Was, I'm always so excited to talk about video games. So. Yes, indeed. indeed. You didn't you didn't have to twist my arm too much, so. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to Art Palace. We hope you'll be inspired to come visit the Cincinnati Art Museum and have conversations about the art yourself. General admission to the museum is always free, and we also offer free parking. Special exhibitions on view right now are Anna England, Kinship, William Kintridge, More Sweetly Play the Dance. And if you want to go see the pieces that Joey and I discussed today, go see Albrecht Durer, The Age of Reformation and Renaissance. You'll want to go soon because it closes after February 11th. If you're looking for a new way to experience the museum, check out our sketching tour on February 10th. One of our docents will take you on a casual guided tour where you can sketch what you see. This month's topic is love stories. All materials are provided and this program is also free. For program reservations and more information, visit cincinnatiartmuseum.org. And while you're there, check out images of the work we discussed today. Go to events and programs and then scroll down to Art Palace Podcast. You can follow the museum on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, and even join our Art Palace Facebook group. I'll be sharing links to the video games we discussed in this episode on the Facebook group, so it's a great place to learn more. Our theme song is Offrande Musicale by Bacalao. And as always, please rate and review us on iTunes, or maybe you use a different player that also lets you rate stuff. Just rate us everywhere, okay? I'm Russell Eyrig, and this has been Art Palace, produced by the Cincinnati Art Museum. 